Thanks for downloading this podcast from The Rock of York. We hope it inspires you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, at The Rock of York, or search for The Rock of York on Facebook. And of course, there's the website at www.rockofyork.co.uk. But you probably already knew that. Here's something you might not know. We're going to start, it's half past, so whoever floats in after time, it's not our fault, is it? Well, thanks for being here. It's a real uh, delight to, uh, to see you all. Glad that you're here as part of the family, and um, I think what we have to say is, is important at this point in our journey. And uh, as I've said to you before, I have, um, I have over 54 years of my life invested into this. And uh, there are those of you who have got similar numbers of, of years and time, some of you more years than me. So some of us have got a lot of our life invested into this. So it is important to us and, um, uh, you know, has become not less important but more important because you value what you have given your life to and what has given its life to you. And I think all of us who have been part of this have had life given to us. Uh, as much as, you know, we have had the opportunity to, uh, to give life back in whatever way. And, and, you know, it doesn't mean you have to have stood at the front and led the church like me to give life back to it. Life has been given back in, in a thousand different ways by your, your presence and your involvement and your interconnection with people and your encouragement and your thoughts and your prayers. So um, thank you for that. Um, uh, there's also the truth that... that, that uh, in another 54 years, uh, those of us who have put 54 years in will not be here. I, I pretty much guarantee you that. Um, so, you know, we will not be able to influence or help or bless, um, but we would like to think that the legacy goes on. You know, there's, there's, there's now, in this place, there's, there's, it's coming up towards 100 years of history for the existence of this church in its various forms, from it being something called Bible pattern uh, way back in the early part of last century to, um, to its growth to what it is today. So, so I would like to think that, um, you know, if things are still around, if the earth is still around in, in 100 years' time, that people will have been helped and, and some of you will have contributed beyond us to that process. So, um, so it's important... Um, now, having said that, I'm not here to philosophize about all that stuff. We're here really to talk about the now and, uh, uh, and where we're going, where we're heading, how we're developing. And I intend to do that. Chris will have a little <coughs> piece to say on that. And, uh, and, uh, and Jenny, so the three of us will, will uh, uh, put some stuff on the table and then hopefully we'll have a little time at the end if you've got... Um, any questions? This this is not an exhaustive, um, an exhaustive commentary on on everything. This is a summary of of the everything that we have up to now, at least for you to be on board and know uh, what we're doing and um, and why we're doing it. I think there are two other things. One is um, I have a real sense in my spirit that this is God. Um, I know for a fact it's not just a, um, 
it's not a what would be a good idea to do next. I know for a fact. And I, there's lots of unresolved things in me because I know there are implications to, to what we are about to do and the changes we make for all of us because our lives are, you know, um, as Robin Williams said in uh, Dead Poets Society, you know, that uh, uh, life is a, is a poem and you, you have the opportunity to contribute a line. And uh, that's the truth. That's our lives. We have the con opportunity to contribute a line to the great poem of life. And some of you might think that you're, you know, worthless and hopeless. And, but actually, you're still contributing your sentence to that poem. And your sentence within that poem is just as important as anybody else's sentence in that poem. So we're all in this together. Um, but I do have a real sense that, that, that God is in this and uh, uh, we want to make room for that. I want to make room for that. And there are elements of it that um, if they're not God, they're crazy. Uh, but then God has always seemed throughout history to have some really crazy ideas. Um, you know, he took Abraham out of a very prosperous, developed society and stuck him out in the desert uh, and said, just go to a place I'll show you, which, which he didn't know where the place was, he just had a direction, and so he went from the most, the most um, developed uh, city and culture in the eastern world at that time, in Ur of the Colleys in Mesopotamia, to being a desert dweller living in tents, um, just kind of just wanting to hear God. And... Uh, and what emerged out of that is, is a lot of what we live in today, the truth and the power of it. So, so I think it is important for you to know that I feel very confident that this is God. Now, you might not have any confidence in my confidence, uh, which you're entitled not to have. But, uh, but I'm also entitled to say that when I feel it. And I haven't said it a lot in, uh, in recent years, but I'm very confident about this, that this is God. So... So uh, let's just pray and then we'll launch into it. Father, thank you. Um, thank you that you're always with us. Thank you you never leave us, you never forsake us. Uh, thank you that all the pieces that make up our story, you're involved, you're around. We don't, our story's not being written with you out of the picture, but you are in the picture, sometimes in the shadows sometimes behind us with a, a gentle voice and sometimes in front screaming at us and other times in the distance just, just calling us to come on but you're always there and for that I am grateful and we're grateful and just ask that as we uh, undertake this next phase of our journey that um, we'll keep hearing that voice, we'll keep seeing you show us where to go and what to do um, for the sake of our world, for the sake of our city in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, uh, <clears throat> I'm guessing all of you know that we, we're going to change the name. Um, of course, there's, there's more that goes with that. And uh, so I just want to recap a little bit just, just so we're clear about the, the story because, um, you know, just like Chinese whispers, it's always interesting what people think they heard you say after you said something as opposed to what you said. And so reiterating things is actually a very good idea um, because apparently, according to one influential leader in the city, uh, Chris and I are leaving, apparently. Um, 
which thankfully they said it to the right person who was able to, uh, uh, first of all, say that's part of the problem in the city. So you're listening to gossip and you're believing gossip and you don't check out the gossip and then you pass on the gossip. Well, we're not leaving. Uh, Our lives are very much intertwined. Now, there may be some changes. There may be some aspects of that that are different, but we're not leaving. We're part of this house and and that's where we are. So... um, so I told you that earlier this year, I, um, um, I clearly heard in my spirit, I mean, just as clear as I'm talking to you today, that um, we needed to change the name of the church. But not just for the sake of changing um, the name, but, but for some very specific reasons. Now, again, as I said, I can't give you the whole narrative surrounding the whole story, but uh, this came in addition to many what I would call supernatural prophetic revelations and encounters, which is still going on. You know, the, the, the remarkable, the ridiculous, the crazy, but, but just things that speak right to where you are. Sometimes, sometimes by a, a conscious voice within, uh, sometimes from a friend, sometimes something that crops up on TV, sometimes something that's sent, sometimes something that's said, but it's all actually... It's like this weight of stuff um, pushing me and therefore pushing us in a direction. And, um, you know, I'll share some of those with you as we go along in our journey. But um, for now, um, the, the real reason in my spirit when I... Because I, I, I am the one who instigated the change of the name to The Rock. So when I, when I became senior pastor, uh, what would be 26 years ago... Um, was it this year? One, no, it's this year, isn't it? So this last July. Um, we were called the Assemblies of God Church, and that was my heritage, that was our roots. Some of you are not as familiar with that. It's a Pentecostal group that we, we were part of, and that was, that was where we came from. That's whose shoulders we stood on. Um, but in how we were moving as a church and where the passion of my heart was, uh, I felt, first of all, the name was... Was didn't communicate correctly, generationally and culturally. And um, in the same way that I had this experience for us to change the name now, I had the same experience then and was very clear. It wasn't an issue of, you know, let's, let's get a committee together and think of what might be good names to call a church. Um, I went to the guys then and said, here's what's in my spirit. This is what I believe we need to do. And here's the reason I believe we need to do it. So we changed to the rock because of two things. Number one, it, it reflected our, our, our um, cultural way of doing things. So we were increasingly introducing uh, stage-based, rock-based, um, contemporary music stuff all in there, not just your praise and worship stuff, but of course we moved that into what we call Rock City, which was... In addition to our Sunday, we had the Saturday nights. Um, and of course, ultimately, we stopped the Sundays and we moved everything to the Saturday night. So we started 11 years ago, almost to the day that we will become Q, we became The Rock, uh, meeting on a Saturday night, being The Rock meeting on a Saturday night. So, so um, it, it was also a double entendre, to use a clever word in that um, it also was an indicator that we were firmly 
in our belief and our experience built on Christ the rock. Um, and so when anybody asked, you know, um, are you called the rock church because of, you know, because Jesus is the rock or because you do rock music? And the answer was yes. So we, we built an identity in the city um, around that name and reached a lot of people, did a lot of things and, uh, and tried to fix things in a way that we could somehow connect with, with the culture around us. Now, of course, um, if you haven't worked it out, 26 years ago, I was younger than I am now. So, um, you know, I was probably, probably more culturally in touch with what was happening, therefore you know, uh, applying from that, that perspective. Um, so, so, so that has been, that was, my, that was my dream. It was part of the vision that's brought us to this time. So, so when, when I heard in my spirit about changing the name in the same way I had 20-some years earlier, of course you asked the question, why? And it came very clear to me, and it's because we're no longer who we were. Um, our name as the rock reflected who we had become from our time before that and then who we were. So the name was a very good representation of who we were. And um, uh, of course, biblically speaking, names have always been important. And uh, I told you on Saturday that there are many instances of names being changed in Scripture you know, Abraham to Abraham, um, Jacob, to Isaac, uh, Jacob to Israel, and uh, Simon, Jesus calls him Peter, and Saul, Jesus, he becomes Paul. And so you have, with the change in, in, in who a person was becoming, it seems that God says, in, in, in line with the change of who you're becoming, we need to change the name to accommodate who you have now become. So, so those are the reasons that were going on in my Spirit, and um, I think in, in that journey, if I can show you the old logo that we had, the very first logo we had that was drawn by a guy called Mike Brudenell. How many of you remember Mike Brudenell? Um, it was my, it was my, I gave him the ideas and he, he drew it up, and this was our, you know, that wouldn't pass muster today, would it? But this was, this was actually, believe it or not, 24 years ago when we, uh, when we did this, was really progressive. That was, it was a progressive font, it was a progressive logo. Now you look at it and think. So of course, you know, we got the, the rock there, you know, which we, we used as the place for the crucifixion, the empty tomb, because the sun representing the resurrection. So, so that kind of lets you know where we were. Um, in, in our journey, we were at a slightly different place in our journey, which wasn't a bad place, it was a good place. And it, but it was a good place for then, and it was the right place for then. And what we did um, reflected who we were then in a way that I think was right and correct and good and effective. So, um, so the rock accurately, accurately named and described who we have been, but the truth is we are no longer who we were. Now that doesn't mean that Jesus isn't still Jesus or salvation isn't still salvation or the Father isn't still the Father, but it does mean that how we understand that and how we reflect that and present that uh, has gone through a journey of change. And uh, so in that journey of change, 
where we are now needs to accurately describe who we have become, not who we were. So I believe the rock has been what it was supposed to be, but it now needs to be allowed to die with dignity. Uh, and the new name, I believe, says something about who we are now and who we are becoming. Now, in the new name, I've said this to you before, there was no faltering doubt, there was no flipping through mental files or ringing around to pull together some, some people in the same way that I heard in my spirit we needed to change the name and why we needed to change the name, um, I immediately saw that it was supposed to be Q. I mean, just instantly, all, the whole thing was one, one package and I knew instantly that that's what we were to call and launch ourselves as Q Church. So, uh, so we will be changing to Q Church in the new year. And uh, I'll give you the dates and stuff on that um, in a moment. Now, um, of course, in explanation for the word Q, if you remember, I, I thought, well, because we've done so much questioning, which I think is a very vital thing in today's society, and I think our extent of questioning actually is way ahead of the game. Just like most other stuff that we've ever done was ahead of the game. Uh, even when we were in Wilton Rise and we were the Assembly of God Church and we were making the shift into certain styles of praise and worship. Um, most people around were saying, oh, it's all froth and bubble. There's no, there's no depth in that. And I could name you the names that were saying that, um, but I won't. Oh, it's all froth and bubble. There's no depth in it. It's just all show and palaver. Um, now, of course, um, all of those who said that, uh, 10 years later, were all doing that as though they'd invented that, which is always the case, which is fine, I'm not, I'm not angry about that. Um, but what I did say, would say is that we were ahead of the game. We were ahead of the game when we did Rock City. You know, now, now church is doing a, a Saturday or an evening thing with lights and stage and rock band is to a penny. I mean, you know, you can, you can go anywhere in the church world. But when we started it, you couldn't go anywhere. And in fact, uh, I know places I could tell you who came and watched us for a year so that they could steal our ideas. And they haven't have done it better than, than we could do it from the resource base, but we, we fed that. So, so all these things that have come to us about being icebreakers are still there. So a lot of that was linked to the name. So I thought, oh, it's because, it's because we are engaging with what is happening in, cross-culturally, which is people are asking lots of questions that we must not be afraid of and we must engage with and we must, we must not be defensive. Um, but really, when I came back and talked to, to, to Chris about it, what came up, which was, which was really important, was that actually the Q didn't stand for question, the Q stands for quest. Because what we're on is a quest, which is a great way of describing it. Um, we're on a quest for something. We're on a quest for a greater understanding of God and the divine, a greater understanding of the more beautiful gospel, uh, a greater understanding of how to connect and relate to the culture that we live in. We're on a quest to discover that. And unless there are questions, you can't be on a quest. Because by very definition, without a question, there is no quest. And if there is no quest, there's no movement. You're not going anywhere. So we're embracing the fact that we're going somewhere and we're on a quest. We don't know everything. 
we're, we're humble enough to say we don't have all the answers, but we like the questions that help us come to some of the answers that might be more questions. So what I found was interesting was um, in, 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 in Latin words like, like, like quest, uh, when you put an I-O-N on the end, that signifies an action. It signifies the, the action that accompanies the word. So, so, so when you put an I-O-N on quest, it becomes question, and that's the action that accompanies the word. But the actual operation is quest. So, so the Q stands for quest, and we're asking you to join the quest with, with Q Church. So, so um, I'll say a little more about the practicalities of it, but um, in changing to Q Church in the new year, um, of course, now we will move from that. We move from that to the R, which again, I was very pleased with. That was a, a good development. You can see how it's catching up a little bit with, you know, with the excellence that's required. And we will now be moving from that to this, which I also think is great, very modern. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's, I like it, it's good. The only thing that might change is the gray in the middle of the queue because we think, we think that's going to green. But not dark green, <laughs> olive green. Because when you study the psychological effect of colours, which again, you know, when we did, you know, the rock church, we knew nothing about shapes and colours. And, um, but this queue looks awfully like the queue of GQ magazine. Now it isn't, but it does look like it. Um, and my thinking was this, GQ magazine and various other things like Q, Q, uh, Q Music magazine uh, all use a very, very similar cue to this. And ours is not the same. Um, but those like GQ magazine and, uh, and Q, Q Music magazine uh, and those other cues, how many of you know they will have spent hundreds of thousands of pounds on market research and testing as to what is the most effective shape for the cue? So being a bright cookie here, I'm thinking, why should we spend hundreds of thousands of pounds doing what they've spent all that money to discover? So, so seeing as all of them have got the same shape, I'm figuring their market researchers said that's the shape, so... So I thought, thank you very much. That's a blessing. Um, and then also you get into the issue of, um, of colours are very important now. You know, um, uh, there are some colours. Is it blue that makes you, makes you hungry? It stimulates your appetite. You didn't know that, did you? Or is it blue that suppresses the appetite? There's one that suppresses it. I think blue suppresses it and another colour... Mate, so, so I'm saying, paint your house blue. All you wanted to slim, just paint your house blue. Um, so it's interesting. Any of you can go online and see that the psychology of colour, which is actually very clever. And when you look at it, you know, I mean, generationally, I was on the back end of something, but it would have been kind of poop. Oh, stupid, you know. Um, and yet now it proves that you, you put a certain colour on your packaging if it's food, it has to be certain colours because people will buy it. You change the colour, you'll sell less. And it's like, well, no, you don't. Well, the truth is you do. So the nice thing is that if you look up orange is a really, a really good colour to, 
to express who we are. It means something. Uh, it has a, has a connection with something that I think is really important. And I won't tell you all what it is, but you can go and look it up for yourselves on the colour scheme. So, so, so this, is, this is our basic, we've got some tweaks to do, but we'll be Q Church, um, Q York, which I think is great, isn't it? Q York, Q York, and Q Network will be our three main ways of, uh, of pushing this. And you might see that in white on black, you might see it in, in blue and red on, you know. The thing I also found from looking at, for example, GQ magazine was uh, that, that they never change the, the shape, but they change the colours. And they also have one thing where it's just an outline. So the shape is critical, so that's our shape, but you might see it in some other colours. But orange is going to be our main, um, our main colour for the, the logo. What's that? Yeah, and of course with that, when we do it, we'll be join the quest, will be what goes with it. So it'll be Q York, join the quest, or Q Church, join the quest. So that's how that's, um, that's, how that's going to work. So I thought I'd show you that so you can have a look at it. Um, um, and thanks to those who've been involved, and particularly Kev, for his... Uh, for, for the work that's been done late at night when we've been... Most of this has been done on WhatsApp, which I find hilarious, on phones, on WhatsApp, um, doing all of this. But thanks, Kev. I think, you know, I think we're really in the right direction then. I hope you agree. Um, now, what I'm about to say about the launch is also important because it carries implications for some of you. Um, and that is we, we really feel, and when that's probably the royal we, that, that I, I have been agreed with because, um, you know, I've, I've felt about this. But I think, I think we have a, a royal we, general recognition that, that what I'm about to say is the correct thing to do. Uh, and that is that we are going to move from Saturday at 6.45 to Sunday at 4pm. Now, for some of you, some of you will think... Uh, others, you think, great. Now, of course, the issue is if we, if we take the thing of can we make sure it's a time when everybody can come, we, it's not going to work. Because um, when I was a lad, uh, people didn't work Saturdays and Sundays. And they just didn't. So, you know, that was just overtime, which you might be asked to do. In fact, the shops weren't open on Sundays when I was a lad. So, you know... Um, and then, of course, gradually we got some Sunday opening and some work on Saturdays. And then, of course, we started to get into variable shift patterns where, where it was a seven-day-a-week cycle. So I hope you understand um, from our perspective and, and from our hearts that it's very difficult to choose, you know, because there are people who can't come now on Saturdays because it's Saturday night and they work Saturday nights. So, of course, this, it wasn't preferring one kind of person over another kind of person. Again, we've had to plumb with this what we feel is right. Now, there's also another reason connected to this, which is when we moved to Saturday, it was for a very specific reason. That reason was that I would drive into church every Sunday morning and the streets were empty. And so we were turning up here and there was nobody else in town and and my heart was, we need to be around when people are around. And, and of course, at, at that time, we were moving from having Saturday night and Sunday morning 
to just having Saturday night because that's when most people were around. And we pitched it at the time because we thought, well, people can wander in and then they've got time afterwards to go and socialise, go for a meal, do what they like. Um, and of course, connected with that was the issue of, well, let's make Sunday a, a day of rest. So, you know, get with your family, do something, enjoy your Sunday. Um, now, we're not going to move to two, two days again. So what it means is that Saturday becomes Sunday and Sunday becomes Saturday. So I want you to enjoy your Saturday all day, whatever it is you do. Uh, and we will pitch Sunday. Now, I know for some of you, you may have to make arrangements. Some of you are difficult, like our Ames and, and, and Sarah. Um, I've got situations that, that we've got to pray and believe that, that we'll get a grace on it, okay? Uh, because you guys are important to us. So, um, you know, we, 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 we need a grace that goes along with this. But... Um, because we pitched, it wasn't just a random idea, it was, it was because of who we felt we were reaching. Now, of course, 6.45 on a Saturday is not, no longer has the same uh, value in the context of what we're doing as it did when we did it. Whereas we feel a move back to Sunday would be a good move because some of our quest is to help people who are frustrated with the church who are struggling in their image of God, who are asking all kinds of questions that we've wrestled with, who actually need a safe place to make home to walk that journey. And uh, those people, what's that? Yeah, and they still think Sunday. Um, and uh, what's interesting is some of the people that we're walking that journey with now, uh, their terminologies about what they think is brilliant is wonderful. I won't repeat what an email said this week, but it was, it, it kind of helped me to understand uh, the people who are now beginning to connect are not religious, but they, they are after God. And uh, if you're easily offended, you probably can't function very well in that environment, but we're not easily offended, so we're okay. Uh, and not that I would find it offensive, it's no offense to me, but some people would find some of the stuff offensive because you're, you know, all the religious niceties have slid out of it. So, so we really felt that, that Sunday um, at four o'clock is, is a good time to pitch. Now, I'll tell you why I didn't want to pitch in the morning from a personal reason. I mean, I, I really believe four o'clock is the time we're supposed to do it. But why I wouldn't meet Sunday morning is because we are not in competition. We don't want to compete on Sunday mornings with you know, whoever else is meeting on Sunday mornings, I want them to be blessed, I want them to be okay. So we don't need another Sunday morning meeting when there's other Sunday morning meetings that reach out to the communities that they connect with, which is fantastic. Um, so we, 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 one of the things I think why it was four o'clock is because we wanted to pitch at a time that is not in conflict with when other people meet. It, it has, it's our own space. And, uh, you know, people can take us or leave us, which they will anyway. But it's our own space. We're not invading anybody else's space. And, uh, of course, that could create some issues parking-wise. Um, but when we first moved here and were meeting Sunday mornings, we didn't have the Baptist car park. As the Baptists were meeting, we didn't have this car park. We just had to make do. We stacked them in and we stacked them out. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll do okay. So... 
So from Sunday the 21st of January, that is when we will launch, the previous Saturday will be our last Saturday as The Rock, and Sunday the 21st of January will be our, our, our first gathering together as, as Q Church, okay? So um, yeah, so there you go. Now, as far as structure goes, um, our plan... Uh, at the moment is to have a one-hour corporate uh, public service gathering, whatever you want to call it, from four till five, and uh, we, want to, we want to keep that interesting in certain ways that we feel are a good move for us forward in, in terms of how we deliver what we deliver and, and what we do within that, um, because obviously the kids will be in during that hour, but we're going to try and split things up like even the even the communication might be split into two or three sections like we've done before. Those are things that we're, we're, we're throwing around because we, we want, we, we're not looking to preserve some historic way of doing things. We're looking to connect powerfully and effectively where we are. Um, and then from five o'clock till 5.30 will be life zone. So the kids will go straight from here. So you mums and dads, the kids at five o'clock will go and have a real blowout with Danny and the guys. They'll have, they'll have a half hour life zone in the back while we have fellowship and, uh, and um, uh, um, hospitality, hospitality uh, here in the front. So we can hang about and while your kids are in there, you, can get, you get a breather for half an hour. And, uh, you know, now of course that's not restricted to that time, but we, we wanted to say, okay... For many of you, if you want to go the 4 till 5.30 and then out of here, that's fine. Uh, obviously, for those of you who want to hang around and or if you want to slide down to Brigantes or whatever you want to do, just, just, think, just think community and fellowship and friendship. Now, of course, the, the other thing that that um, opens up for us in some ways is, um, is thinking about Colouring this with events and specials weekends, like we're going to do the Yarder weekend, you know, we'd like to do a Life Zone weekend where Life Zone take the bulk, so we're able to show what Life Zone is doing and have some involvement. So we'd like to do, you know, some of those things. Um, and um, so in the exploration of those, some of you need to be thinking, because if, if you've got some good input, some good thoughts, then, you know, we might be able to incorporate that and use it. Um, so, yeah, so, um, so in addition to this, um, which I think I've said enough about the Sunday. Yeah, yeah, the, the other thing is obviously Life Zone at the moment coming on Saturday morning, so the whole team is in, and then, then the comeback Saturday night, where now... You know, we'd like the team to be involved, but what will happen is we'll do our thing here, we'll do our life zone, then we've still got time to be together if we want to. And everything's kind of, you know, bouncing off each other. And it's compact and it's compliant. And so that's what we'd like to, to, to try. That's how we plan to, uh, to start so we can incorporate everybody into this, this process. Um, now, in addition to that, we're also looking at the midweek schedule. Um, I appreciate that for some of you, you've found some of the journey that we've been on just too deep, too expansive, too mind-stretching. 
but we appreciate your support because uh, I believe it's been necessary because um, there, is, there is one thing that's said about leaders, you can't lead people where you haven't gone yourself. So, you know, if we haven't wrestled with, with the real deep things that we struggle with, then, then we can't help you really to wrestle with deep things you struggle with. So, so we have been on a journey. Um, we recognise that that's a little expansive for some, and that's okay. We don't have a problem with that. We will still continue to wrestle with some big questions and let you know when we're going to do that. Uh, but we're also looking at other ideas in the the schedule. Um, uh, and I think um, among those things, I want you to listen later on, particularly to Chris and then specifically to Jenny, because it will give you the, the, the what I think is the, it's the nature of the culture and therefore within the culture, what it is that we want to build and achieve in, in looking at that process. So I can't say specifically what we will do midweek yet, but we, we're looking at how to incorporate all this together. Um, so, uh, let me see, what else do I need to say? So, okay, we've got the name, we know the queue, the call to action is join the quest. Uh, you've seen we're adapting it in Queue York and Queue Network. Now, one, of the, one other important factor about the move to queue, and this was on my heart right from the very beginning, because when I actually, um, when this came to me, I was actually in Salt Lake City, and um, something else I was very conscious of was that, was that the move to Q has to be translocal in nature. Um, and I didn't deliberately am not using the word international or global because that sends the wrong signal. Translocal means this, the spirit of this, the heart of this, uh, the culture of this, the nature of this, uh, touching further than our own walls, touching further than our own city. And those of you can remember all the way back to when we first launched as the Rock of York, um, our, our uh, strap line was our city and beyond. How many of you remember that? Uh, Dave made me a fantastic globe, Dave Craven, uh, engraved with the world and gold-plated with a diamond where York is, that has all around it York and beyond. Uh, well, we've kind of been a bit beyond York, you know, in that I've been out, but in the sense of translating all that we are beyond, that, that vision has not really come to pass until I believe now it is, and it's part of this. So we're not approaching this with, let's pull everything in and build this amazing thing called Q Church. We're saying, let's, let's tear the walls down and let's be translocal and let's build in a way that is not constricted by what we're trying to do here, but actually what we're trying to do here is part of what we're doing everywhere else. So, um, in view of that, most of you also know about our declared sense of calling to do something in and for Salt Lake City, which we are well equipped for in, if you know Salt Lake City a little bit like I do now. Um, and so in line with the vision for Q, we're also, let me call it pitching a tent, um, in Salt Lake City at the same time. So we've actually now secured a base, which is, there's a whole miracle story goes with that, uh, in Salt Lake City, which is the craziest, nuttiest thing you could imagine to do at a time like this, unless it's God. Uh, but I believe it's God. 
So normally you'd say, well, let's just concentrate on this. But actually, that, that doesn't represent who Q Church is. So, so we're also, we've got a base now that we're going to work from in Salt Lake City. And that's going to be part of our exploring from this house to see what, what, what we need to do and how we need to touch them. We're also looking to embrace our friends in Wagga Wagga in Australia who uh, want to become uh, Q Church Wagga. So, um, you know, they've expressed that desire. And uh, so what this means is that we will be reaching out in many ways on many fronts. So it's not just this, it's all the other stuff. And, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't remove our India stuff and all that stuff. It, all this stuff is going on at the same time, which, like I say, um, is nuts in one sense, uh, but it's very kingdom. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria was the word, right? You know, don't, the biggest problems that happened in the early church was when the Jerusalem guys wanted to keep everything Jerusalem. And that's where all your conflicts start because it was like, well, this should be a Jerusalem Jewish thing. But Jesus said Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And it wasn't meant to be, you know, when, when you think you've completed this, then have a go at that. It was like, get on with it. Just broaden your horizons and get doing it. So, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, it's costly. But we are a bit nuts anyway. Um, and as Seal said, we're never going to survive unless we get a little crazy. So I'm with Seal. Um, so let me, let, me just, let me just put a piece into that again, because all this, I believe, is backed up by prophetic stuff. Some of you will remember I told you that I was in Ogden, Utah. I'd been a few times into, into Utah, knowing that we were supposed to do something in Salt Lake when I... Well, I said, Lord, I need, I need a clear word. I'm either, I'm either not coming back or I need a clear word that what we're doing is right. And so I, I, in my spirit came this thing to that Murray was the place. Now, if you think of on, on a slightly bigger scale, because it's a bigger city, but Murray is a bit like Acom is to York. Uh, Murray is to... Salt Lake City, it's a suburb of the city. There's no distance between, no separation. It's, it's one continuous population, but Murray's a bit like Acre, Mr. York. So I thought, okay, so Murray, so, you know, where do I go? So I, I, I put in the sat and I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll get myself to somewhere near the centre of Murray, so I put in Main Street. And then it was asking me for a number. So I started to pump a number in, and it gave me a choice, and the choice was 4200 Main Street, Murray. So um, some of you have heard this story. So I, uh, I tootled off 30-odd miles um, to Murray and uh, got to 4200 Main Street, and uh, I stopped the car, and I looked out of the windscreen, and this is what, this is what I saw. I kid you not, this is not... These are not stories and fables that from this random address asking God, are we supposed to get something done here? That's what I'm looking at out of the window at 4200 Main Street, Murray. And of course, I thought, well, I've got time to kill. I fly home tomorrow. So I went into the office and asked them about an apartment. They said, well, we can show you the show apartment. Um, so I said, that's fine. So they showed me the show apartment. Then she said, let me show you the plan for the show apartment. And this was the plan for the show apartment. Which just by some quirk of 
ridiculousness happens to be called York. I mean, you couldn't couldn't make this stuff up, could you? Random address, live here, and she shows me a place called York when my question was, you know, are we supposed to, is this just dumb or or is there something we need to pursue here? So, uh, as you can imagine, uh, we have been pursuing that. So I, uh, one, one last little thing on that. Um, uh, the last time I was there, I was staying in the residence inn in Murray. And, uh, you know, the, there's a whole set of miracles goes with that this time that I'll tell you some other time. But I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the sixth floor, uh, looking, looking north, which is towards the downtown Salt Lake. I'm, I'm 13 miles from, uh, 11 miles from downtown Salt Lake. And uh, I'm awake at four in the morning and I'm looking out the window. And I can only see two things looking down this road called State Street. One is the, what's called the State Capitol, of course, which is the, the state government building, all lit up on the hill, 11 miles away. And then I can see this tower's the only thing that sticks out like a sore thumb. This tower with a, a red light on, and um, um, I'm, I can't, you know, it's like I'm drawn magnetically to this tower. And I'm thinking, what? That's weird. That looks like, what is that tower? What? I have no idea. What is it? So um, that's four o'clock in the morning, and I can't, I, I can't get over this. So I'm clothes on, I'm out the door, I'm in the car, I'm thinking, I've got to find out what this tower is. So I drove down the road to this, um, to this tower and I found this tower all lit up and it's called Artesian Springs Tower and um, guess where the tower was located? Uh, it's right next to the apartments that says live here that was the random address that I put into the, into the sat-nav that has the York apartment in it. This tower which is about, was about six miles away from me, the only thing I could see is right, right there. Now, what was also interesting was, it's called the Artesian Springs Tower. So let, let me read you what the, what the Murray Times said about the, the Murray Laundry Tower isn't a household name. It's an old advertisement for a dry cleaning facility between State and Main Streets at about 4200 South. And pretty soon it will be the calling card for a giant new apartment complex. The project, de- the, the, the project developers have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars preparing the site environmentally. Now, this, this is what then struck me, because this is, this is where our base is going to be located in Salt Lake. The old dry cleaning plant left behind toxic chemicals that had to be removed from the soil. So that what has been for many years a neglected, polluted 200-acre site is about to get a $51 million makeover. Our whole issue is trying to remove the toxic chemicals from the ground that religion has poured into it that has caused people to have a distorted understanding of who God is. And, uh, and all that's happened because there was some kind of laundry on the site making people clean for Jesus' sake but leaving behind toxic chemicals. I mean, you couldn't get, you know, this stuff, you couldn't get more accurate with the... So, as you can guess, we are pretty convinced and pretty committed to this, but like I say, we're not leaving, we are doing all this, because it's all part of the same thing. What's also interesting is from the location, as you look out, you see a mountain called Mount Olympus. 
Now that's fascinating because in my journey, Mount Olympus has been important because Mount Olympus was the mountain where all the Greek gods were supposed to live. And it was the seat of, of religious power that has affected Western Christianity ever since its, its beginning is the Greek influence of spirituality and the gods. And so we're going to be living when we're there right under Mount Olympus. Because what we've done is we're going to bring Mount Zion, which is the seat of God, and not be dominated by Mount Olympus, which that, that city unfortunately unfortunately is. So I've said enough. Thank you. You've been very patient. I hope I haven't waffled. Um, so the prophetic indicators and signposts uh, have been many and varied, but exceptionally clear and stark. And uh, we need to find space at some other time to run through um, some of the miracles of the journey, which have been equal to the ones that I've shown you and just as convincing. So let me say this, as we embrace this new phase of our journey, it's my hope that you will go with us wholeheartedly, passionately and sacrificially, living beyond ourselves to share this more beautiful gospel with as many as will listen. Now, I wrote this recently to my friend uh, Rob Cunningham in Wagga, and uh, I'll, I'll finish with this and hand over to, to Chris. The journey we are on is not for the weak or the faint-hearted. Stay the course, my friend. We're not running with the crowd. We are making the place for the crowd to run. And they will, but only when there's little or no price to pay. You are not making a difference in Wagga. You are the difference. So cue your join the quest. We are the difference. Okay. Hello. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to be very long. I just want to give you a little bit of um, what I would like um, when we move to the 21st and move to Q, what it should look like. Now, I've had a, a vision. And I said a few minutes ago about Rob Cunningham in Wagga being the change. And uh, I have to say this. I don't like doing church, but I love being it. And I think that matters a lot. And I think the journey that we are on is very much a transitioning from what you call coming to church into being the church. Now, it's always difficult to make the journey from X to Y because you don't know what it looks like but we know that we're going there uh, and I don't want to freak anybody out we are not stopping anything but it's we are heading to difference and I just want to make sure that you understand that but it's always hard to stand as a leader when you can't actually say what it looks like but, but we're on the way. Uh, we want to be church. So there's going to be lots of more opportunities, like Anthe was saying, to be different, to do different things for a purpose. And um, we're going to keep very much all the stuff that we have, our banners outside about our inclusivity. We're going to keep the name Our House. It's not going to change. So it'll be Our House at Q Church. Um, we're definitely keeping the, the whole idea of 
pull up a chair because we want to make sure that everything that we do, people can pull up a chair at. But what I want to be uh, looking at very much so, and this is my contribution to this tonight, is what's on the table. And I think that matters a lot um, because if you're going to pull up a chair, you want to be sure that there is, uh, there is a variety of things that everybody can pick at, right? Now, uh, Anth mentioned it a little bit when he was speaking, that there have been some things that we have done that people aren't very interested in, and that's fine. Um, I know that I've had to go on my journey and there are things that I've had to figure out in order for me to get where I've got to. Now, there are other things that you guys need that potentially we may not have provided, but that might mean because we weren't meant to provide them, somebody else was, but we haven't actually been very good at all bringing to the table. Now, there was a, a wonderful illustration when we did Halloween. Look at the incredible bring and share that happened because we said, will you bring and, and uh, you know, supply things for whoever's going to be here? And wasn't it in incredible? Now, I think that what has to start happening um, in our events in that one hour period, and you can see we're, we're pulling it down, but in that one hour, it's going to be full of variety because we're going to be speaking a lot of different languages, not Chinese and blah, 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 but a lot of different languages for the people that we're trying to meet. Now, having said that, we can only speak our language. Jenny can only speak hers, Joel can only speak his, Danny can only speak his, but we have a group here that actually you've got stories to tell, you have got things that you want to share, that it is like bringing that to a table if you're only willing. Now I know that there are some, some of you who don't like public speaking, you don't like that sort of thing, but that's fine, you can still be involved because you can say to us, this is what I feel I need to share, I don't want to share it myself, will you do it for me? But we will then take it on, whether it's a piece of music, whether it's a, a clip, whether it's something you've seen on Facebook, whether it's a concern that you have over some issue in the world that you want us to raise funds for, whether there's something we need to set up a petition for, we want to cover all of that within that hour. Now that is massive, I know, and it will only work if everybody brings something to the table. So what we've decided to do, and this is going to be hilarious or wonderful, or terrible is that um, we have a, a clock already established in the office next door and it's, uh, it's going backwards on a seven day clock and it will start moving backwards at the end of every Saturday night get together and sorry Sunday night get together ooh, uh, every Sunday and then it will start working backwards until we start again. And in that period, we are going to trust that we will bring together the relevant, the, the, the right things, the right songs, the right, all sorts of contributions. I hate using the word testimony, but we need some testimony. We need people to stand up and be able to say, this is what has happened in my life, my story, and actually use it for the healing 
of people and we've, we've actually stopped a lot of that and we, we, we're determined to have it back. So what we will have is that we'll have a bit of a pot where people can bring their stuff and um, uh, by the end of the week, it will be all there ready to roll and it's going to be quite amazing. Now, there's another reason why we're doing that. And this sounds a bit of a negative, but I've got to be honest. We are in now in a generation that the, the attention span of people is getting worse. It's not getting better. Now, it's all right to say, yes, but this is the house of the Lord. People need to sit and they need to be re responsive and responsible. But if they're not, and if they can't, are we going to insist or are we going to actually adapt ourselves to be the church. Are you, are you getting me? So this is what we're going to do and we're going to keep it very uh, fast flowing. Now here's the point, some of us find that very hard because I mean Fran for instance, he loves to preach and if he's only getting going after 20 minutes so, I mean, what's he going to do? I mean, heck, he's going to have to be uh, plugged in at the wall and whatever it is you do when you reboot something because he's going to have to rethink everything. So if any of you think that this is easy uh, direction that we're going, the truth is it's actually not because it's going totally opposite. Now, again, I'm going fast because I don't want to take up too much time. But you see, for me, I love to research. I was having a, a little bit of conversation uh, with Francesca the other day and uh, we are very different and uh, that's why we get on so beautifully because we're opposites and she gives me so much of her thoughts and, and, and I sort of give her mine and she, she corrects me and it's, uh, it's, it's lovely. But one thing that she was saying the other day and, and it was a wonderful thing to say, she said, I just want to run on the beach I don't want to analyse each grain of sand. And absolutely incredible, it's beautiful. And now that will resonate with some of you here tonight and maybe 99% of you. It doesn't resonate with me. Let me tell you why. Because if the sand isn't real, I can't run on it. Now you might think that that's highfalutin and weird, but my journey... I have spent a lot of time having to tear down what wasn't real. So if I'm going to run on the sand, which I believe I found the beach, and I'm starting to run on the sand, but I need to know that it's real. Are you with me? That I'm, It's not quicksand and I'm not going to sink in it. So some of you, when you're saying, oh, Chris, why do you need to figure it all out? Why do you need to preach on whether there is really a devil or not and whether there's a lake of fire? Because I want to know. Because I ain't going to enjoy walking on the sand if I'm thinking that when I turn me back, you know, there's this red horned devil about to skewer me. I want to know. Now, Again, I'm only saying that so you understand that we're all different. Therefore, when I get with people and they like me, then we can tear you know, things apart and really get down to the nitty gritty. But there's others who look at me and we say, for goodness sake, will you shut up? So what are we going to do? Are we actually going to be willing to bring our gifts to the table? Now, I'll move on quickly. Can you put up this quote by N.T. Wright? Because it's very, very important when we talk about... Have you got water without a lid? Because I need a drink. I just want a drink. Um, it's very important when we talk about the quest that we somehow narrow it down a little bit to what the quest is. Now, 
Jenny in a little while is going to widen it. But right now I'm just going to narrow it down a, a, a little bit. And it's this. If we are only made for spirituality, we wallow in introspection. If we are only made for joy, actually, there was the bit beforehand that we haven't got. Where's the thing about the quest for, is that not there? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Listen, what it was, was a quest for spirituality, a quest for joy, a quest for justice, quest for relationship, quest for beauty. That's it. They're the, the, that's it. The five. Is the five or six? But anyway, I thought I'd sent that on anyway, but that's the quest. But this is now the clarification of that. If we're only made for spirituality, we wallow in introspection. If we're only made for joy, we settle for pleasure. If we're only made for justice, we clamour for vengeance. And if we're only made for relationship, we insist on our own way. If we are only made for beauty, we are satisfied with sentiment. But new creation has already begun. The sun has begun to rise and we are invited to leave behind in the empty tomb of Jesus Christ all that belongs to the brokenness and incompleteness of our world. That quite simply is what it means to be Christian, to follow Jesus Christ into the new world, God's new world, which he has thrown open before us. Now, let me just very, very quickly talk about these things. Spirituality, joy, justice, relationship, beauty, quest for those things. Now, the reason why it says if we are only made for, only made for, see, there's sometimes that the, the church in general can only have one string to its fiddle and it pursues one thing. And often it can be what seems to be spirituality. But it says, and I think this is so wonderful, if we're only made for that, or if we only pursue that, or if our eyes are only about being spiritual, we're actually only having one string to our fiddle. And similarly, with if our quest is just for joy, or just for justice, or just for relationship, we end up being um, diminished because we're actually pursuing only one thing. The truth is our quest is for a wholeness and that is what we are now going to really push for. And that's why this idea of, of everybody bringing their voice, their story to the table means that we can bring a bit of every one of them every week to the table for someone. Now, if you're in here or you bring somebody in here or whatever and you are needing some joy and all we've done all night is pursue one of the other things and you need joy, then we've, we've failed. So my idea at the moment by using this just as a very basic pattern is to actually decide that we are going to make sure that at some point every Sunday get-together in that one hour, we are touching um, the points of these things. We're touching spirituality, we're touching joy, we're touching justice, we're touching relationship, we're touching beauty, because actually our quest for those things means that we're leaving behind the brokenness, yeah, in the tomb of Jesus Christ. Now, um, there's a lot more I could say, but I, I don't feel I should accept. I just want to... Oh, right. I would like to get to a place. You know, the, 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 there's a, a, a phrase, isn't there? FOMO. What does FOMO mean? 
fear of missing out. Now, what I find interesting is what the church has become is something that if people miss, they don't even think for a minute that they've missed out. Wouldn't it be amazing if we become so relevant that people fear that they're missing out of something which is actually life to them? Don't you think that that would be great if, if oh, I, I don't want to miss because I'm going to miss that vital piece of, 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 of puzzle uh, that, that I need. I, I just think that that's, that's important. But I just want to read something and I'll have to find it. Just give me one second. And then I've just got one last thing to say. Ah! Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It's got a yellow... No. Is it there? No. Ah, two hands. This has got a yellow line round it, so yeah, here we go. Okay. Christianity is, or possibly I should have said should be, but it is anti-religion. It's not just another, compete, another competing with the rest that pretend to know the way. In the death of Christ, we are faced with the abolition of human religion... The living God established, I love this, a rupture with religious conformity in bringing salvation to all of us. This was a revolution that the church has failed to maintain. That rupture that we have decided we're going to be the ones who continue the rupture. Um, we are going to not maintain that. We're going to, and we are now his temple his meeting place and his arms to the world. And I, I just hope that that's uh, sort of encouraged you a little bit because I'm going to say one thing, that when Anthony and I were 20 odd years old, my dad was uh, the senior minister. And um, at that time, we brought what we felt was relevant for our generation to the table. And my father was incredibly... Uh, open to that and always didn't you'll know he was uh, you know of old school but he was always gracious and he allowed whatever we felt was relevant speaking the language of our generation and I want to say to you guys you you know you've got a, a, an opportunity everybody's got an opportunity but particularly the young people when you said about being you know culturally relevant we're, I don't know. I know what FOMO means, but I'm sure that's been years ago since that came out. What's the, what's the thing now? I haven't a clue. We need to be right on, right on the button. We need to be having all our voices coming uh, to the table in, in order that we, we might be just, what's the word? Just pressing all pressing all the buttons uh, so I think that that's it let me just check that there's nothing else that I wanted to say uh, right we have for a long time in our deconstruction we have pushed freedom and it's true that when you have not had freedom the thing that's necessary is to swing the pendulum hard in order to bring uh, freedom to people now that can be a blessing and it can also be a curse because what happens is with that freedom, we then decide that we become quite self-centered and we only do what, what we want. And so I think that 
where we're coming in this context of the quest, we're actually also putting in there that quest uh, that we won't use our freedom to only ever say, I don't have to. We're actually using it to say that freedom, I want to. And I think that that's all of us not saying that I want to be like someone else. It's I want to be who I am and bring my uh, gift to the table and uh, we'll have a, an awesome feast. So that's my... And thanks everybody who's hung in there. I mean, Barbara, Eunice, all you guys that have, have hung in with us all this time and, uh, you know, you are, you're our heroes and, well, you all are. We're not, you know, thank you very much. But... Uh, I believe that we are in for something very, very special because we are cutting edge and we don't make any apologies for that. And uh, what we want to be is uh, relevant, don't we? So that's my... Did I cover? All right. Hello, everyone. Okay, I'm not going to be long, I promise. Um, but on the back of what Chris has just said, um, I want to share with you why I want to do this. Um, because it's a great one to do this. And I'm going to do it in the language that I understand. Um, and every time um, I go to work, I've told, I'll have told you this before, I have to constantly talk to people about their wigs. Not their hair wigs, but their wildly important goals. Um, because everyone I work with is encouraged to have a wildly important goal because life is busy, there's always stuff happening, we all have lots of things we aim to do in life, but unless we decide what is wildly important, what's going to be the things that come to the top of our priority list, um, it's very difficult to gather around and do something together. So on the back of a couple of things that happened to me yesterday that, um, that would give this some context, but you don't need to know, um, I decided to write down what I thought our wildly important goals were, and I'm going to share those with you now because they helped me and I think they're going to help some of you. So the first one is, one of the wildly important goals that we're going to have is that we're going to care, have care. I'm sorry if these, there's typos in this, it was really late. So will you forgive those? Um, um, care towards the physical, emotional and psychological needs of people whenever we are confronted with them within our capacity and capability to help. And our big why around that is because people are always precious. We are going to have a level of care, of practical, helpful, visible care in this place. I think that would be amazing. Care to smile, care to notice, care to acknowledge, care to send something, give something, receive something, to be a really caregiving, careful um, house in that way. The second one, um, education and encouragement towards spiritual growth, specifically expressed through our ongoing revelation of an ungodlike God, the Abba of Jesus. And this for me is massive because there's a big why with this, because mature spirituality enables people and communities to thrive as originally intended. Some of you find it very easy to gather around the first bullet point. And that's fantastic. And that's what you'll bring to the table. Some of us find it easy to gather to the second bullet point. But both have to be important. Because both are wild important goals of this house. Um, because spiritual growth 
genuinely matters and I'm going to say a little bit more about that at the end and the third one that determination to remain an icebreaker creating an unconventional counterculture pathway amidst the icebergs of religion of all shapes and sizes why is that because religion has put people in bondage remember what um, Chris talked about that return to bondage that is what religion means and we want people to be free now I want to do those things I want to do those things um, and I'm going to tell you then what I think that will look like when they do them and each of these you'll all resonate with different ones of these and that's good because we're varied and if we all go to the ones that hit us we get the job done as Chris was saying so this is what I think that will look like people who don't feel love will feel love people who don't feel like they belong will experience belonging People in pain will feel comfort and healing. People who are alone will find friendship. People without money, food or clothing will be provided for. People with addictions will break free. Do you want to do this yet? I'm hoping by now you want to do this. Um, people with broken relationships will have wisdom to make discerning decisions. People with mental instability will find peace of mind. People in mourning will find renewed joy. People without purpose will find a host of reasons to live life to the full. People who have been in bondage to a scary God of whatever shape and size will wake up to a new understanding and experience release from fears, doubts and oppression. People without confidence or courage will find both. People who make poor decisions will learn how to make better ones. People afraid of their own shadow will find that the light shines on. People unforgiven will be forgiven. People unforgiving will let go. People who are consumed with people pleasing will find their voice and story. People who hate their own skin will look in the mirror without shame or humiliation. People abused will be vindicated. People silenced will no longer be intimidated. People without aspirations for themselves or others will acquire meaningful goals and the determination to achieve them. Creators will create. Dreamers will dream, innovators will innovate, followers will follow joyfully, excited about the journey, great food will enable great conversation, laughter will be a medicine, events will bring moments of revelation and changes of direction, travels will spread the message that faith, hope and love remain internationally. Who wants to do that? I want to do that. I want to do that. So as you sit there thinking about, oh, I don't know if I want to move to Sunday. I don't know if that might inconvenience my life a bit. That's why. And don't lose the why in the detail. Because the wildly important bit is that the detail is the detail. And that can all be worked around. And um, for those of you that need the breakthrough miracle, then you're going to get the breakthrough miracle. You are. You're going to be here. So... We absolutely believe in those wildly important goals and I do specifically want to emphasise for some of you that the second one about spiritual growth, you must not lose that. Some of you have had all sorts of different backgrounds and all sorts of different things and some of you that's the bit that you think I don't get that bit. 
um, we, we, are, we are a spiritual place. This is a spiritual journey. And it was exemplified for me last night. And part of the backstory to this was that I was um, staying in a hotel in just near London's King's Cross last night for work. And I'd just got my pyjamas and slipper socks on at half nine. It was excellent. Um, I, I rock and roll when I'm in London. Um, and I got a phone call from my friend and colleague, who is also due at the hotel, to say she'd just fallen down um, a flight of concrete steps thought she might have broken her ankle um, and she said I'm okay because I'm surrounded by the London Transport Police and what had happened is she'd been walking and in London you're fairly invisible I mean it's her oh it's horrible whole tube and everything nobody talks to anybody I occasionally strike up a conversation just because I can't bear it otherwise. <laughs> but but um, um, so she said, but what happened is everyone's invisible. But the moment she fell down the stairs, of course, what do we do? We're brilliant at it in this country. Everyone rallied round. She had people picking up a bag, someone phoning for a taxi. Um, the transport police messaging her, checking she was all right. She phones me, I'm going to get ice from the hotel. By the time she arrives, I've got ice in one of my pillowcases. <laughs> And the stool ready, it was a real drama. Um, and, and that was wonderful. But what occurred to me as I was thinking about it afterwards was we all help when we see help. But you know, people wandering around have such deeper needs than the ones that you will see. And we all know that to be true. You can be smiling and laughing and inside you're, you're in bits. And we are going to be somewhere we are, where we are going to genuinely not just say well superficially everything's all right because we all know that's not true and that's not a measure there is deep core needs in everybody and we are going to address those and educate you in how you can help get to the nitty-gritty of life so that you're genuinely thriving thriving in life and living life to the full and as intended and um, spiritual means relating to or affecting the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things so we are going to do material or physical things as expressions and because we're going to meet needs when people fall down a flight of stairs but we are spiritual at our core and please um, know that embrace that have a desire to mature in your own spirit and life, because you will thrive. Um, so, join the quest. <laughs> Want to join? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were working on this and with Kev uh, last couple of evenings, turning stuff over, having conversation. Of course, you you know you kind of wanting. We got the NT right thing, which is good and wrestling and then uh, you know out of the out of the blue comes Jen's email with all that stuff just on there you know saying more by accident than most people say on purpose in a lifetime um, but again I think that's part of the God thing I mean you know knowing how we do that people like Jenny know you you can sit down for days and still not come up with something as clear and precise as that um, you know, but to kind of sit down and just do it, that, that's, that's come from somewhere other than, than just Jenny's, Jenny's head. And she's got a good head and a good mind, but it's come from somewhere beyond that. And I, uh, I, I find it encouraging, challenging, and it really, it's like Chris and I said, oh, that, that's 
all that we've been thinking, those are the words to go with it, which I think is excellent and brilliant. So that, that's our heart, that's our spirit. So we've got a few minutes. Anybody got any questions you would like to ask? Because if you have, it's fine. Don't be shy. If you're happy, that's fine. Yeah. Hello. It's exciting, isn't it? Um, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. Um, one was when I looked at the logo the other day when we were first looking at it. I don't know what jumped out to you at all, um, but what I saw was like a tunnel and a road kind of coming out of a tunnel or going into a tunnel, whatever you think. Um, there was a word in my head this afternoon which was disillusioned, um, and I was... I don't know if I just feel like disillusioned about things. And we tend to think that's quite a negative thing to be disillusioned. Um, and I just stopped and had a little Google of what that might mean. You know when you see an optical illusion, you're seeing something that's not really real or there. Um, and I think it's very easy on our journey. And I think an important part of our journey spiritually is to become disillusioned. Because when you become disillusioned, you get to a point where you realise that there are things that you used to see that now you don't see it that way. But I think what is really exciting about the whole idea of the quest is that we're not inviting people to come in and tell them, this is what's real, think this. We're saying sometimes you don't see things the way you used to see it. Sometimes you don't really know how you want to see it or how you do see it. But the whole exciting thing about, look around this room, all these different people that have got different perspectives to bring to the conversation. And I think that's why this is so important, because actually we're not joining a religion or inviting people to join a religion. We're inviting people to join a quest, which hopefully will bring them out of whatever <laughs> dark hole they might be in. Um, and actually just to realise that there are lots of other people that find themselves going, I don't know, sometimes, is part of that journey. And I think that's an important part of that. And I think the exciting thing with Sunday afternoons is going to be, actually, there's going to be loads of different inspiration, loads of different perspectives that's just going to shine light on your reality and how you see the world and how we can inspire each other. So that's one thing I'd really want to emphasise as well. Like, your contribution is really important. If you see something on Facebook and you're like, oh, that really resonated with me, just email it to us, like share it with us or if you see something in the newspaper like Steve shares these things every week in Lifestone that's like a picture of a in the is it Guardian and it's something that's inspired him and he shares it with the kids and anything it could, you might think it's not relevant it's not important anything like that might be something that we can create this smorgasbord of beautiful stuff with that's going to inspire people on that quest of finding what life is and how we share it so yeah yeah oh yeah yeah that was another funny little thing I was saying to Kev. The, um, if you look at it from a certain angle, it kind of looks like an R that's kind of evolved and morphed a little bit. Thanks, Dan. Anybody else got a question you'd like to ask or not? If not, that's fine. Okay, well, um, we're not under any illusions in the sense that we know this will take work, 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 work. Um, and so, you know, two things on that. Number one, I really, 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 really appreciate you coming. It means a lot to me and to Chris and the guys that 
you've taken the time to come. I hope it's from a positive perspective. Um, uh, so, so first of all, thank you for that. But, but also, we do need your help. We do want you to be involved. We do want you to find your space and your place so that we can make this happen. Um, particularly, you know, we all come from different places. You, you all have, have, have had pains in different things, therefore had to journey through those things. And the danger can be, well, because I had to go through that, I just don't want to... But actually, the best thing you can do is to give yourself out of that to create a new world for other people. Where you've come to, you begin to make the way for other people. Now, I also, I also believe, I have seen so many miraculous things happen in the last 12, 18 months surrounding this. And I'm praying for miracles for you guys. Those of you who've got work issues, you're going to get a miracle. And... Um, and push for a miracle, okay? Um, you know, you, you, Jesus said to Peter, when he, when he was on the water in the storm, Peter, Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come to you, which is all fine, providing Jesus doesn't say come. Oh, it's all good. We're all good and dandy. Well, I did ask, and I was just... But then Jesus said, okay, Peter, come. And at that moment required Peter to say, okay, let's give this a shot. And, and he found he didn't sink, the water held him up. You guys need to know, if you give it a shot, um, and you, you be bold enough to do that, you will, you'll walk on the water, you'll get your miracle. Um, and, and we're believing for that, we're going to pray for that, um, for every one of you involved in this, so that through our challenges, we're able to all be together. Now, of course, uh, that doesn't mean, you know, that we're just, you know, that Sunday will define whether you're part of the community. It, it's just a part. It's just a part. And, um, you know, we need your help. I will be, God help us, 62 in, in March. Um, and I'll try to stay in touch, but, um, you know, I do my best. Uh, you know, I hope you don't think I'm a total plonker. Some of you young people are like, what the flip is he? Um, I'm doing my best, but there's, there's some things I can't do. There's some things we need you guys. And uh, it's time to give yourself to something bigger than yourself. That's really what the gospel is all about. Jesus gave himself so that something bigger could happen. And there was something on the other side of giving himself, and there always is. So one of the principles I said to Chris today that we, you cannot, you cannot, or we're not supposed to work against the laws that God put in place in nature. So, you know, Danny is from farming stock. Danny will tell you, if, if you don't put any seeds in the ground, going and looking for your harvest in the summer is stupid because it ain't going to happen. And I think sometimes in our mentality, we can sort of think, well, stuff's going to happen in my life and things are going to be fine. But if you don't sow what's got to be sown for the harvest that's got to come, then the harvest ain't coming. So we, we, we all need to learn. If we sow in, that's what we'll reap. Now, let me say one other thing as well. All this costs money, right? I'd like to be more spiritual than that. Um, all this costs money. God blesses people and people give. And for all of my life, I have never given less than 10% of my gross income plus, plus offerings 
into what is the work of God and to other charities as well and to other things. Not because I'm trying to say I'm better than anything, but I believe in it. I believe that if God gave a principle of what was called tithing, there was a reason for doing it and it wasn't to extort money out of people. And, and it was not, as my friend Bob Seymour taught me many years ago, it was not about what God could get from you. It was about what God could get to you because when you sow, you reap. And with the measure that you sow is the measure you reap. We've done that a lifetime. And, uh, you know, we've been blessed in many ways. So it means, it means you know, the, the figures get bigger. And, and so it's not about the amounts. And it's about the faith that says, do you know what? I'm in this. I'm going to be with this. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. And, uh, you know, we've, we've always done great. Um, and, and we're believing for that same miracle again to take us forward. But of course, it means we all have to start moving in to say, what does that require of me? And we build together, we move forward together, we get blessed together, we see the fruit together. And, uh, you, know, I, what, you know, what I said to you at the beginning is the mechanics, right? It, it, it doesn't mean much other than this is where I believe God has led us, you know, this is, this is the thing. Uh, what Chris said and what Jenny said mean actually much more than anything that I said to you. Um, because those are what has to flow through this. I'm telling you what we're putting, but this is what has to flow through it, and therefore that's got to flow through us. So we'll make this stuff available. It'll be online. I want you to read it, buy into it, connect where you connect, and, uh, and, and, and let it flow through us. Let this be a vehicle that, that flows through, not just from here, but as, as was prophesied over me, um, by dear old Frank Houston back in 1991 before I became senior pastor for York and beyond, right? For York and beyond. That's becoming a reality now as we do this. So I bless you. Thank you so much again um, for being here. We are available for you to chat to us, talk to us. If you've got any ideas, want us to think about stuff. Uh, incredible. You know, let's, let's keep the conversation going uh, and then we will head towards our January 21st launch and uh, last Saturday we will honour, we will honour what has brought us to this day because um, we're always, we're always standing on the shoulders of giants. We're always, we got here because of something and, and our responsibility is to take that legacy and take it further, right? Take it higher, make more of it and that's our heart and that's our desire in this. So, you know, I trust that we'll, we'll walk this together. So let's just, let's just stand together and we'll pray and then we're, we're done. Father, we, you know my heart is we want to, to honour who you are. We want to honour what you have invested into our world. We want to honour the sacrifice of Jesus. We want to honour the miracle of the resurrection. We want to honour your declaration of a new world, of a kingdom coming. Uh, of you showing up, of incarnation, of the word becoming flesh, of, of our world being touched by heaven itself. We, we want to be part of that. that. You know, that's my heart, and I believe that's our heart. So, so will you help us? Keep speaking to us. Keep guiding us. Keep showing us stuff. And I pray especially for, for miracles tonight. I pray for strength where strength is needed and hope where hope is needed. 
and time off work where time off work is needed and favour with bosses where favour with bosses is needed and, and imagination where imagination is needed and creativity where creativity is needed and all of this stuff that we will experience a dynamic supernatural flow from outside of our own ability coming into our world so that we can be and do what you desire for us to be and do to our world. You, you said you wanted this gospel, not, not the religious, condemning, guilt-ridden, but the beautiful gospel that you brought. You want that gospel going to every person, every man, woman, boy and girl, every person who doesn't know whether they're a man, a woman, a boy or a girl, everybody in every way going to them, reaching them, touching them, bringing love and kindness and acceptance and, and understanding and identity and so, so help us in this, Lord. We're up for it. Help us to join the quest that you are posing for us. Help us to join the quest that we're posing as a community. And uh, we pray that lives will be changed and touched and, and brought from darkness to light. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. We are done nicely on time and like I say if you've got any questions anything you want to run by us check talk about see please do and other than that whatever day it is I don't know what day is it is it Wednesday we'll uh, we'll we'll see you on don't forget Janny Gaetus here on Saturday night we'll get a good word from Janny all right bless you thank you thanks for listening you might not be aware that The Rock is funded completely through donations from people like yourself. So if you feel like you're part of our community, it would be great if you could make a contribution by visiting our website at www.rockofyork.co.uk and just click on the donate button for more information. Thanks again. Thanks again.